Hello, Nick Briggs here. I've got the flu. <laughs> That's not really the flu, though, is it? Like, I haven't got the flu, I'm just saying it. Yeah, I've got a bit of a cold, but you know. And it, this is the second podcast of the year 2012 in space. Oh. Cue it. Yay. Ooh. And I still have with me, if you watched, watched, heard, I think I'm on television. <laughs> uh, if you heard last week's podcast, yes, I still have with me David Richardson. Hooray, Hooray. David I'm Jones. overcompensating in a Paul Sprague way. Hooray. John Dorney. I'll just do it to Paul Sprague. I'll try to do my Paul Sprague impression. Hello, oh. hello. Are you, are you all doing Paul Sprague? We're all doing uh, Paul Sprague. Uh, oh, right, Where's There's me? Johnny Morris over there being hello. Paul Sprague. I, I actually come from exactly the same part of the country as him. Well, not exactly the same. But you yeah. lived in his bedroom. I'm, I'm, I'm from Somerset, and I don't talk like that. I don't know. Well, that's because you're educated. Yeah. And I spent all my time listening to Radio 4 in the cot. <laughs> I must talk like Radio 4. <laughs> the first words he said were the shipping forecast. Dogger. Five to six. <laughs> Light. That's a plate. What are you? <laughs> it's just. Oh, you're cooking. making it sound rude. Right? <laughs> Only in David's mind. Anyway, uh, I think I'll just leave all that in just for yeah, the hell of it. David had a happy Christmas. <sighs> so. And we are in this podcast having our microphones knocked by David Richardson. Um, we are talking about the Colin Baker stories that are out this month and February and March. I've just suddenly struggled to think what the third month of the year was. <laughs> and uh, quite, you know, it's quite by chance we have the writers of two of them here. Mm-hmm. It's not that much chance, really. We invited them here. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to make a story out oh, of okay. it. Well, and no, no, it's supposed to be. It, just have to be it, it is a slight coincidence considering we were invited in mainly for the, the fourth Doctor because we've worked on that quite a lot and then we also the first two releases of the, the year as well. <clears throat> it's no coincidence because you're both very good writers and we yeah, like no, to employ I'm you a lot. That in one month I've got a story I wrote adapted and script edited all coming out yeah probably on the same day you know probably the same hour that is actually magnificent yeah that, that you're is right. like i slightly rule the world there so. yeah yeah and so you wrote the cruise of davros didn't you <laughs> that's what we call it davros well actually you wrote uh waterloo of the daleks is I, what I you wrote waterloo of the daleks is a story which no one could possibly find any way of taking the mickey out of in any way at all because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like um you know a train station of the daleks it doesn't sound like cover the word water Hilariously, mm. Lou of the Dark. No, but I thought I, thought, I want to write Lou of the Daleks now. I thought it was a, it was a, it was one of the, a title which I thought up before I wrote the story, and it's always good to have a, a title to hang on, hang rest of the story. On. I agree. Yes. And even if it, you change the title, you go. When I wrote it, that's what it was about. It was about the Daleks meeting their Waterloo in some sort of mm. way. At, at the Battle of Waterloo, ironically yeah. enough. Yeah, the title can focus the ideas down. It's, it's bizarre. So We just wanted to point out that Davros was back. Davros. I used yeah. to have the same agent as Terry Monoy. Did you? Yeah, that's a bizarre and pointless statement to make. <laughs> it's a little bit of uh, background interest. Yes. Yeah. And and he also, this is purely by the by, he, he um, led to one line in Wrath of the Iceni through having a chat with him in the green room when we were doing the... Hans Gerber, Sherlock Holmes play, which I carefully avoided using the first word of the title because I can't. The Roifacotian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this is January. That's that's that was October, November, whenever it was. Yeah. Anyway, yes. So yeah, Davros. Davros. Yes. I thought you were saying you you put something in 
as a result of there's, your there's a line in the opening uh, Doctor Lena scene which is directly um, based on something that Terry Molloy said to me in the green room when we were recording the Sherlock Holmes you're not going to say anything. Um, well, <laughs> I, shall I shall I say what the line is? It was about. It, it's it, like John Lewis. He was talking. He was talking. He was talking. He was talking about Norfolk, uh, and I kind of did the quote about kind of our very, very flat, flat Norfolk. Yes, and he said, "No, yes. no, you, you think it, you might think it's flat. You try cycling across it." Oh, that was, that's and, where and that, that came that from. That now becomes a Tom Baker line. Yes, I um, heard that line and thought, um, "I wonder where that came from." I thought maybe you were from Norfolk. Or well, my parents are there at the moment, but anyhow. <laughs> Okay. I just came from Norfolk. Could you myself, just give actually. us the location of all your relatives now? Ago, so. yeah. Most of them are in Australia. Okay. So. I'm sitting here desperately turning, trying to turn this podcast off. How anyway, do you do it? <laughs> anyway, Curse of Davros. Off, off, off. Curse of Davros. Yes, it's uh, uh, it was wonderful to be asked to do a Davros story in Daleks because I sort of obviously sit there seething, going, why have I never been asked to do a Dalek story? <laughs> Uh, because I'm also when um, Joe was writing Terra Firma, he was my flatmate at the time, and I was uh, just absolutely envious that he was doing Daleks and Davros and reading out bits of the script, and I was just going, oh, I think you should put the hokey cokey in. <laughs> Actually, that was my wife's suggestion, that's her, her one contribution to that. And so um, it was just lovely to, to, to have do the Daleks and realise how, how incredibly difficult they are to write, because they... No, they're not. I find them very, very, <laughs> I, I find them very, very difficult, because... They have they have a particular attitude, and, yes. and they, they they say the same things a lot. They do, and yes, I'm sort yeah. of constantly going. I can't just have it saying exterminate or seek and locate, but that's what the Daleks do. So I was sort of fighting both urges at the time. Mm. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. They do say the same thing quite a lot, but it's quite nice to confront them with characters that sort of are the opposite of them, and then you get this sort of kind of bizarre argument where they don't really participate they just try to shout them down mm. you know I quite like that yeah, they have a sort of lovely sort of um, sort of six year old child having a tantrum attitude and one of the things um, I wanted to do in the story which I'm, I don't think has been done hopefully is to sort of go, get, get a little bit into what it's actually like to be a Dalek mm. and their attitude just reminds me of what it was like when I was about six and I was having a tantrum as a kid, you know, and going, I want this, I hate you, I want to destroy everything I don't like, I want to, you know, punch my teachers or I want to kill the dog or whatever, and I want, and I want it now, and you know, that's what a Dalek's mentality is. It is a very angry child. Views in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Big Finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no I know exactly what you mean. I'm that's Christmas why you with my nephew. It's exactly that. <laughs> it's exactly that. Uh, that's that's right. great. It's, that's it's a, a brilliant sort of encapsulation. Of psychotic mania sort of thing. Yeah. Which is, um, what, what it's, with no sense of perspective. You <laughs> know, yeah. Yeah. But also, it's like the idea that when you're stuck in that sort of mindset, there's part of your head going, I, I just want to stop this. I want to... You know, give my mum a cuddle or just apologise, but you you get stuck in that angry angry mode. Yeah. Like when you're having an argument with your girlfriend or something, and going, actually, why this is part of your brain is going. This is a really stupid argument. I'm in the wrong, but I can't quite admit it because yeah. I'm being shouted at, and so I have to shout back or something. Yes, that is what the Daleks are. That that bit of the personality that can't let go of the the insanity and the unreasonableness and the yeah. yeah. So that's what I was trying to do that anyway so well yeah no and it really is in the story there's well i won't spoil it but yes there's there's you get a lot of that that feeling of what it's like to be a dalek and indeed the same with davros and how much davros is a dalek and all that kind of thing what yeah, existence it's, 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 is like for him yeah what, it, what it's like to be davros and to be sort of 
trapped on that life in that life support machine all the time and in constant pain and sort of it's being busy um, in being embittered by that is that making him who he is did you or, suggest being Davros as a title at one point <laughs> I, I think we went through a long list of about 30 or 40 things just we ended up going uh, yeah I think Alan didn't like Curse of Davros but I don't think he liked anything at that stage I, I think it's a good title because actually when you've listened to the whole thing it does actually tie in with what the story's about it certainly does go, oh, I, can see I think it's a nice title as well mm. it's got a nice you know you, you just have to think to yourself would I buy that and then I thought yeah I would I would mm. buy a story called The Curse of Davros I, I really like the fact that Davros has got a the something of Davros story. yes it's, so it's yeah. not always about the Daleks it can be Davros as well yeah, I mean because he's in the title of Davros obviously but that, that feels like it doesn't count it feels like he's, he's properly in the title now, of course, uh, the, the Curse of Davros brings in the new companion for the Sixth Doctor, who appeared in your previous script for the Sixth Doctor, um, which was the um, the Crimes of Thomas Brewster, wasn't it? Yes. Um, I mean, I think we must have told this story before that uh, when Lisa was reading the part of Flip, of Flip, yes. and my sort of attitude was going, "Oh, she's fantastic. She's going to be on television very soon." If she get if her career goes really well, she be she be having a good part in a major BBC drama. If it doesn't go quite so well, she can do EastEnders for the rest of her life. <laughs> <laughs> and fortunately, it went really well. So yeah. and going, but she's really good and big fun. We should get make use her as much as possible before that happens because you can see use her. Yeah, she's gonna be <laughs> she's gonna be one of those people who big finish records a few things and then two or three years later they're playing Sherlock Holmes on television or something. Yeah, I'm sure she's going to be playing Sherlock Holmes. Well, she? <laughs> yeah. But she was just extremely funny in her, in her line readings where you, I'd written stuff which wasn't particularly amusing or wasn't even intended to be amusing and her delivery would, ju- would just bring it to life yes. so much that you'd go, oh this character, why didn't I write more scenes with this person? Why hasn't she got more to do in this story? Um, which happens sometimes. You, you, the cat an actor does a part so well. You go, oh, why didn't I give them more? Why, why, why is there not? Why isn't she in this scene? Why isn't there? And so to bring her back is just great. I think there was a lot of potential there, and also her character is very different. I think from any companions that Colin Baker's had at least. Yes, that definitely. That she's a bit more of an attitude. I mean, I was always saying I think she should be like a character out of Misfits where she's... You, you've got the sort of sense that she's not um, that sort of a BBC companion anymore. Where, you know, a BBC companion would be someone who's from the home counties and who's well-educated and lives in Peace Pottage or something. <laughs> and she's sort of the opposite of that. She's from, from the real world and um, has got more of an attitude and but also there's a nice sort of uh, educational at, uh, relationship with the doctor because she doesn't know much about history I mean there's a, my favourite scene in Curse of Davos is when she meets Napoleon for the first time yeah. and he, he's sort of saying so what do you know about me he says I don't I miss that lesson I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you did the metric currency that was one of yours wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the, the sixth doctor can go I can I can um, take her under my wing and um, show her the history and show and give her a chance to achieve some of that potential that's there. And um, in your script, The yes. Fourth Wall, John, mm-hmm. uh, which is the second the story second of the trilogy, um, 
you dealt with uh, some aspects of, of Flip being too... Um, reckless. Reckless. Yes, I mean, that was one of the really interesting notes Johnny suggested. He kind of <clears throat> gave us a bit of a... Sort of, me and uh, William Gallagher as a, 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 a brief... As, as such, kind of a, a brief sort of uh, William sketch Gallagher, of who wrote "We're an Isle," which is the third. the third story. And and one of the key things was, I, th- I think there was this image of, of was it like Wiley Coyote running off the edge of a cliff, and then kind of freewheeling in midair and kind of going, "Ah, right, this is this is the problem." And uh, and yeah, so that was the key. There's a specific scene I think you mentioned in I think it was Crimes, wasn't it, where she goes back or is insistent on staying on the planet. I can't remember the precise details. I think it's um, when the Terrible are about to attack Jared and she just sort of leaps in and goes, no, no, she just sort of leaps into his rescue without mm. thinking, you yes. know, she's, she's not being particularly brave here. She's also, she's just not thinking it through. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it, that, it, that it's, she, she, will look, she will leap before she looks. So, she's more um, foolhardy than courageous. It's that sort of thing of the courageous person would know that it was dangerous and go in anyway. Mm. The foolhardy person doesn't bother to think whether it's dangerous or not. Yeah, and she's more in that second category, I think. Yeah, there's a particular scene uh, in the fourth wall where um, it's really, really, very, very dangerous indeed for her, and she just doesn't quite click that that's the yeah, that there's any. Yeah, and yeah. It's, in fact, to be honest, she's thinking it's something totally different to what it is. She thinks she's totally safe, and is and is but is making herself more. And more, is getting herself into more and more trouble as she goes along and doesn't quite realise. That's a beautiful sequence, that actually, because the doctor's privy to what's going on but can't communicate with her at the time. Yeah, know? and you're thinking, no, 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 no. It's very good. Yeah, mm. I look forward to hearing it. So. Yes. yes, it's shaping up very well. Um, we ought to have a clip uh, from Curse of Davros first, mm-hmm. don't we? Fill your boots. <laughs> Fortunately for us, he does not know the area as well as you do. Jared was brought up on this estate. Yes, but the person who is chasing us is no longer Jared. Yeah? Talking riddles, Doctor, that's really helpful. The Daleks have developed the technology to allow them to exchange their minds with those of other sentient beings. You mean Jared's walking around with a Dalek inside his head? He has the consciousness of a Dalek, yes. Then... What's happened to Jared's mind? When they transfer the Dalek mind into his body, his mind would have been transferred into that of a Dalek. You mean he's still alive somewhere? Yes. On board the Dalek pursuit ship, but trapped in the body of a Dalek. We just filled our boots with the curse of Davros there. And and here's a clip from the fourth wall. Doctor? Doctor? Where you got to? Doctor? Great. Drop me in the middle of a labyrinth and then scarper. Really chivalrous that is. Doctor? Doctor? The audacity! What a marvellous shot! Reverse sweep against the spin. (laughs) Ah, good morning, Miss Jackson. Are you up? Am I up? Of course not. I'm wrapped up in bed. This is a figment of your imagination. Excellent. Take a seat. You're just in time for the game. You're not listening to me, are you? Doctor? I've been wandering the corridors for hours. Have you indeed? How marvellous for you. It's barely started. The fifth one-day international cricket match between Australia and South Africa 2006. Well, I know the result, of course, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. Sit down, sit down. All right. Need your cricket, are you? Hmm? Well, not as much as I was, but you never lose the taste. Not my game, really. Uh, You're more of a football fan, I suppose. Oi! Class prejudice? No. Can't be doing with none of that stuff. 
bunch of idiot millionaires playing kickabout in the park. No thanks. So, what's your sport of choice? Bowls. Bowls? You never watched it? It's well addictive on a bank holiday. You catch sight of the game on BBC Two, you're gone for hours. Oh, that's a shame there. Not what is this? Some sort of telly? Bit over-designed, isn't it? Well, it's far more than a mere television. This is a time-space visualiser. A machine that takes energy from light neutrons and converts it into electrical impulses and therefore images. With this machine, we can watch any event from any period of history at any time we want. Blimey. Mm. Black and white? Um, well, the, the Curse of Davros is available now. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> and the fourth wall is coming out in February. February, I believe, yes. And that'll be followed by Wirren Isle. Mm -hmm. uh, just to, I'd like to throw ahead. That's what they call them, not trail anymore. They throw ahead to. Uh, so John's looking at me like I'm going to do something interesting, but actually no, I'm it's just, just wiping just, my it was, nose. It was like, what's he doing? <laughs> pulling out a tissue. <laughs> Rock and roll. Um, to the next podcast where Paul Sprague will be here. And slightly uh, later than expected, we'll be um, giving the results of the latest Big Finish podcast competition and uh, setting a new competition uh, with some exciting prizes that we haven't decided on yet. Maybe it should be a few scripts. What do you think, David? Um, we've got some Sherlock Holmes prizes to give away. We've got some signed oh, CDs. Oh, yes. Signed by you and Richard Earle. Well, goodness me. We'll throw in something else as well. Otherwise, no one will enter. A night out with Paul Sprague. <laughs> a night in with Paul Sprague. I don't know how bad those are. So. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to add, David? Um, no. Well, in that case, I just want to say a big goodbye to you all. Goodbye! <laughs> that was big. I think he's all right. I think he's a bit ill. Is he? Is he? Is he well? I, I'm worried about Nick these days. Yes. Coming across as a he's not the man. Help, really. He's not the man he was. Mm -hmm.